Who? Hello. There you are. What is this thing I'm looking at? <laughs> Why is there? Is this a picture of me? Oh my! Is this your? <laughs> What's happening? It's you, man. I tried to Don't. find the youngest picture of you on my computer. Wow. Jeez, your your pictures go way back. Oh yeah, man. I've got pictures back from me in high school. What? You have any idea what year this is? I have no clue. Uh, I do actually. Hold on, give me one second. Do want to describe to the to the listeners what you're looking at? I'm assuming this is from Kentucky. Um, yes. It's it's a young Max climbing out of Lake Barkley with a big orange um, vest on, with a <laughs> flotation vest that's kind of askew, and I am cheesing super hard, and it looks like I'm missing two front teeth. It's from 2004. 2004, so I would have been, I guess, eight years old. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and, I've, a, and I've made it my virtual background. And it's Sam's virtual background, so when he answered the call, it's literally just just a picture of myself. Me, me and my buddy Max. I put my arm around you now. Wow, that's a. I don't think I've ever seen that picture. What? Oh, really? I've got a whole bunch of good pictures from this trip. I could have picked a bunch of different ones. Yeah, I know you've always talked about how you've been backing up your pictures forever. You're. You know, you've been on the world of Apple forever, and I'm always surprised when you pull up pictures from, like, 2004, 2005. But it's a pretty clear picture, man. I just realized our cousin, Blake, looks mm-hmm. exactly like Arthur. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done a side-by-side comparison. I'll have to show you that later. Um, yeah, we could we could spend this whole time just walking down memory lane. <laughs> People love that. That's why one thing I heard is on a, an audio-based <laughs> medium, if you just True. look at pictures. People do love that. Let me go ahead and get rid of that. It's a little distracting. Pictures and pictures of your past. People love that. Mm-hmm. So, man, it's been a long time since we've done this. Yeah, what the uh, what the hell? Um, I don't know. Are Who's all of them my it? fault? Most of them are my fault, I guess. Mm, I don't know. I can't remember what all the reasons were, but last week we were set to record and then... Um, tech problems. Tech problems, man, which is, you know, kind of a big podcast thing to say. You know, I think that's how we've made it because we can use yeah. that as an excuse. <laughs> That's problems, but we fixed them. We've remedied the situation. Yeah, and, and I used back. all my tech knowledge to really do some good troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. Did you tell me want to tell people what you did? I bought you a new cord and sent it to nope. you. Nope. And apparently that fixed it. <laughs> did? Oh, we started by turning it off and turning it back on, which sadly didn't we, do it. We did do. We did. We did do that. We turned you know the mic on and off, the computer on and off. Mm-hmm. Didn't do so it. Here we are. Here we are. We're back. Bada boom, bada bing. I know. Has it felt uh, felt like a long time? A lot of things happened in your life in the past (laughs) few weeks. No. (laughs) Not (laughs) at all. This could become a once every month podcast, and I feel like we would almost have the the same amount of things to talk about every week. Yeah, I feel like we could probably get ourselves caught up in 12 minutes. Yeah. So this will be a short one, everybody. (laughs) Might be. We'll see. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think I've I've got quite a bit to talk yeah. about. You, things, you've been living life and doing things and going out in the world. I have just been sitting at my desk in my apartment for months at this point, just yeah, doing you, what I always do. Have you done any type of uh, – you went – I know on Memorial Day you went and picked up some stuff to grill. Was that your biggest excursion I to date? I didn't even pick anything up. It was oh. delivered. Oh, I thought you went to that store. No. You went to CVS or something. Oh, no, I may have gone to CVS to pick up some stuff, but... That's pretty big. That's exciting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I go to, like, Walgreens every week or so, maybe. Just to see uh, humans? I don't really care about the humans, man. <laughs> that's, that's the sad thing about it. 
you know, I still go for go for walks, but it's not really a walk to a place. It is walking for walking's sake. Mm-hmm. Which is bizarre. I can't imagine that. It's pretty great. Are there are tons of people out and about walking around. Like yeah. here, there's a lot of people just trying to like not lose their minds. So the parking lot here is full all the time with people just like picnics in the in the median and like looking at the cows because they yeah. need something to do. <laughs> that park right across the street uh, where and I told you the other day that the kite was gone. I was wrong. The kite is still there. By okay. the way, my golfing buddy update. is no longer there though. I don't know what he's what he's doing. I guess he has done practicing. Uh, you but think, the you think, you think he's well? You think he's okay? Oh, maybe he died. No, I don't know about died, but maybe he's sick. Maybe, Sam. maybe you'd have to jump to death. Uh, How old did he look? I don't. I don't know. My age, so young and oh. spry. Oh, okay, she's fine. Uh, thank you. You could have taken that a mean way, and you didn't. <laughs> I appreciate that. I was just saying there. So there's a baseball field right across the the street here. Two of them actually, and people have just been setting up blankets and umbrellas like in the outfield for the past few weeks. Um, And actually now there's a food truck that comes regularly uh, over here. Uh, I don't actually know what the food truck sells, uh, but it appears to be some sort of food. And um, yeah, people are doing, doing what they got to do to get outside and keep their sanity. You joined them. You haven't gone and sat in the outfield. We have not gone and sat in the outfield. I've been sitting on our balcony from time to time, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, nice way to get some sun. You guys haven't been tempted to like take a little little just driving road trip to try and like get out and about. No, I mean appeal, maybe like a week and a half or two weeks ago, I did take our car out just for a drive because it hadn't been started in weeks, and I just mm-hmm. felt like that was not a good thing. Uh, so I just drove for like half an hour and came back. No, no road trips in the future, though. I don't it's, like, think the only thing I can think of that would yeah, be a, a I doable. I don't think so. I mean. It's probably ill-advised. They're probably not supposed to. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe as things start to open up again, we may might do something like that. I mean, at some point, we're going to want to like take some time off from work and you know do something, but no no set plans right now. Do you find yourself doing work on the weekends now that you're like strictly working from home mm. and not ever going into the client? Or are you still pretty good about like rarely? Done? I'm pretty good at at keeping keeping work to just work time primarily. I mean, the main thing that I have figured out is that some of my hobbies have kind of a work flavor to them, uh, which is not the most relaxing thing uh, in the world. So what, what would that be? Like writing the deliberate in my website and like yeah. that's still writing intellectual ish stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, it's, fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fanfic. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I'm you know I don't, not to make myself sound like this super productive uh, maniac. I still play plenty of video games and read and things like that. Yeah, but a lot of times, well, it seems like recently, maybe not so much. And we'll touch on that with this whole month of read. But you usually read things related to your work, though. It seems like often, to, yeah, so often much. I do. Less so right now, I think. That's good. Well, oh. we'll love to talk about that. Do you have any check-in round question or mm-hmm. nothing really? That should we just jump into it? I was hoping you had one. Ooh, I had one before when we thought we were going to record in an afternoon, but I don't. Uh, I don't think you've done anything today. All right, here's one I've used uh, recently. Um, okay. What breakfast cereal are you? What breakfast cereal am I? Oof. Um, probably like I'm trying to give like a like a real down to earth cereal, <laughs> like a you know like um. Honey bunches of oats, <laughs> some almonds in there, something. 
right. That seems fitting for like a. I mean, I do love that cereal, and that seems like a kind of a farmery cereal, you know. Sure. What about you? You, I'm sure you have some fun answer. I, you're a fruit. One I've been using recently is uh, kicks because they're pretty mm. boring on the outside, but they got a little Super bit of boring. they got a little kick of something in there. When no, you get to don't. know them, they're a little sweet. That's not true at all. They're trash cereal. Are you kidding me right now? You don't like they're kicks? Like, not really. They're like slightly sugared packing peanuts. <laughs> you just <laughs> described uh, what are they called? Pop, 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 pop. Pop, uh, what am I? What am I what thinking? Cor- corn pops. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking more of. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, but maybe kicks are sweeter. I was never a kicks fan. All right, well, fine then. But that's fine. That's that, I'm a fan of you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll thank unpack you. That. Cool. Um, so now that we've done our check-in round ten minutes into recording, as we always mm-hmm. do, uh, mm-hmm. let's let's get into it. So you have we talked since you've moved back to Gibbet? No, I looked it up. I was like, because I had to even do some research before I recorded this because it's been a while. That our last recording was three weeks ago. I had one more week at gaining ground after we had recorded last time, and then I've worked now two weeks at Gibbet Hill. So it has been uh, a minute since I have. But I, I think I announced my my your return, uh, taking your return. talents to Gibbet Hill. Yeah, your your contract came through. No more holding out, playing nope. in Europe. So um, no, I don't think we talked anything about about the actual back to Gibbet. So all right, we well let's that, talk about back yeah. to Gibbet. So this is good for everybody because some favorite some favorite bits are coming back. Lamb update will be will be uh, back. Oh yeah, lamb update. There'll be some pig updates. I mean, not yet, but we don't have the pigs yet. But there will be some pig, pig corner. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I started back the farm. Honestly, it pretty much felt very normal. Kind of just like slid right back into the routine. There's less of us there, obviously, than the other farm. And then last year, at this point, um, we're farming with three full timers at Gibbet plus one person two days a week. That's the crew as of now, and then the fourth person who's two days a week right now will become full-time soon. So we're going to be a four-man crew, I think, the entire summer, unless things get, like, really, really – we fall really far behind. But I think we're going to try and stick our, you know, to the whole – just the four of us, um, which has been just a bit interesting. It's a lot more loosely structured because we're not managing three acres like we were at Gaining Ground. There's less of a crew. It's way more, like – if there's a task, either we're all doing it or sometimes in the afternoon it splits up and it becomes of the four people, you know, two groups of two or three people are doing – everyone's doing their own task or something like that. Um, Is there – nice do you guys pace. have some specialization? Like um, we know Max is good at this, so he's going to go do this and someone else is good at this or do you all – are you all kind of generalists? It works in this way. Here is a little bit more of – we all do mostly everything, and it actually is part of our morning meeting that every week it rotates. So this last week I was on – the three categories are essentially greenhouse, which entails doing the, whatever the seeding is, following the greenhouse schedule for that week, you know, starting transplants for the future, watering every single day, maybe twice a day because it's so hot right now, um, and opening the hoop house sides if for some reason you had to close them, which were past any dangerous low temperatures. So those are pretty much open. So there's a greenhouse person, there's a wash station person, which is what I was last week. Um, right now we're just harvesting one day a week, but that one day a week you are, you'll harvest for an hour, hour and a half, and then you spend the rest of the day washing everything, packing um, for the CSA or for the restaurant. And then the third category is livestock, which right now just includes lambs, but you're feeding the lambs, checking on them, mucking out their stall on Fridays, giving them fresh water. And now we've started doing the FAMACHA um, test 
which is do you remember what the Fumaja test is for? Is that the eyeballs. Yeah, so you look like at the, look in they their see eyes. inside of the yep, inside of their eyelids, see what color it is, to find out if they have any parasites in their stomach and if they're anemic or not. Any, and if you need any, to treat them. Any have um yeah, so I was gonna say I was livestock the first week, but I did based on your recommendation, and granted we're a smaller crew this year, I have said like, you know, I need to learn more about livestock, so nice. I'd like to be included in every and part of it. And your own this year. yearly theme. That is true. You're right. It is, I mean, and I, I'm actually interested in it, and I'm not – I don't know. I, I don't find myself as <laughs> likely to grow super, super connected to them in the sense that, like, yeah, I can't Yeah, once you start looking one. at their eyeballs and stuff and, like, having to, like, deal with their poop a lot, they're a lot less like pets and more like food. Yeah. So I feel like it's, you know, of the crew, too, like, you know, I don't mind being that person because there's people on the crew that that is very hard for them to – make the separation when come October we have to load them onto a trailer or something like it's right. you know as I always tell people, I'm just more dead inside than they are and therefore <laughs> it should be good that I go and I can take care of that so um I enjoy it too the other reason I was telling I was telling Haley this I like it sounds dumb and sometimes just certain tasks feel this way it feels like true farmery like it feels yeah, yeah. like a real farmer task and so you know going in there in the mornings with my muck boots on and having a bucket of feed and all the lambs come running and I'm pouring into their troughs and they're all around me. It's like kind of nice. It's real Disney movie stuff right there. It is. And uh, I don't know. There's just something about like. What other tasks are that make you feel like really like a farmer? Anytime you get to drive the tractor. It's good. (laughs) It's good. Which is a bummer that most, you know, I'm working no till. Yeah, you you don't have a, you don't even have a tractor, do you? Yeah, we do. We use it for, Uh, we only use it for basically scooping compost and, and occasionally mowing cover crop and stuff. So. It's a bit of a bummer. My right, future so, farm will have a tractor because I need that experience. So, uh, interacting with the livestock, yep. riding the tractor. Yep. Anything else? Um, anything. To, <laughs> again, if we're ever moving hay bales, that feels that feels farmery. <laughs> like you're throwing hay bales around. Um, all the stuff that doesn't correlate to small scale farming, pretty much. Right. Which is a bummer because I mean I guess that's not you know ideally what people think of when they think of farming. Uh, being a farmer is that you know. You're on many acres doing big mm-hmm. quantities, but um, there's. Remember last year we were. I think I mentioned we were hoeing potatoes. We were pulling the dirt up to cover the called hilling. We were hilling the potatoes mm-hmm. by hand, and that felt like we were straight in the 19 like tens out there with these flat hoes pulling dirt yeah. to cover up our potato plants. That one felt pretty farmery as well, and they come and go. I have to keep my my eye out for them when I'm doing a task, and I'm like, you know, this is. This is farming. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> so so doing the the lambs has felt that way, and I've really liked. I think it's it's nice too. We're starting at seven a.m. now, and early in the morning, it's always kind of beautiful with the sunrise in the pasture, and you're kind of just like it's a slow start to the morning. Usually, I'm you know drinking my coffee, going and taking care of the lambs, and you know it's thirty minutes or so before I'm like getting really into whatever the day's plans are. Um, so I've enjoyed it, and then this past Friday was the first Famacha test. Um, I was a little, I mean, like, just, like, a little apprehensive because it does involve, like, you need to... Yeah, like, walk me through how you how you actually do this test. Yeah. F- starting with how do you convince a lamb to come say hi to you? Easy. These guys are <laughs> okay. addicted to this food. Um, usually it takes a little bit longer. So I have on here, next to lamb update, something in parentheses, which is a name for one of the new <laughs> the lambs, which is Haley and I go up there a lot. Every no, every other night we go up to see the lambs, and she loves all of the lambs, which oh, we no. talked about might become yeah. a problem. 
Yeah. And we'll address that come fall. But <laughs> anyways, we mentioned that one of the lambs – oh, no, we didn't because we haven't even talked about this yet. One of the yeah. lambs is massive. So these, these lambs are supposed to come. They're supposed to be all like January born for the most part. Um, they're all, you know, they come, they're pretty cute. They're not tiny, but they're probably like 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. And this guy, they brought us 10, nine of them. Exactly that. You got these cute little lambs, adorable little faces, um, you know, in the tall grass, you can almost not see them. And then they just dropped off one chonker, one <laughs> absolute unit of a lamb that hands down. It's like the scene from bench warmers, the guy's playing baseball and he hands him, he's like 45, you know, he like is trying to fit in with the kids. This lamb (laughs) looks nothing like the others. He's the size of the lambs we took to slaughter last year. Already? Yes. So he's huge and he is, they're all, uh, males. So when they, when they did that, did anybody speak up and were like, what about this guy? This guy seems like he doesn't match the others. My boss did ask them about it, and they just said that it was a fall. So it is a fall-born um, lamb, but basically it was born in, like, November or something, or maybe October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, November and of it'll, last, it'll still of two years apart. ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we were thinking maybe he's eight or nine. I mean, even – so anyways, we're thinking that, you know, it'll still be lamb when it goes and gets still under a year old, as we talked about. It becomes mutton after a, a sheep is over a year old. It becomes mutton. So, um It'll be – it's fine, I guess, is what they told us, which maybe, again, they're full of shit and they just you know, forgot and actually put an old one in there. But um, it, even when it, it does its, its, its bleeding or buying, mm-hmm. it is so much deeper than all the others. He's already <laughs> gone through puberty and he's out, you can hear him. He sounds like a smoker. And anyways, we've, but he's super friendly. He comes up. And, and gets right up to you on I, the fence. I can't help but notice you keep saying he, and in the parentheses, his name mm-hmm. appears to be Big Mama. Yeah, so okay. that was Haley's doing. We tried we tried Big Poppy, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of a Boston reference. Yeah. We thought it would be good for the Red Sox. But now Haley, Haley continues to call it him Big Mama, which is definitely confusing <laughs> the lamb for sure. He has no idea, you know. Yeah. No idea what's going on, but Big Mama comes up to the fence anytime that Haley's there now and will eat like clover and grass out of her hand. And wow. so one really friendly and all the other ones are interested, but they won't they won't eat out of your hand yet. But anyways, to do the Famacha test, you step in there with the bucket of their feed, um, which it's just supplemental feed. We're not, you know, this isn't their full diet. Mm-hmm. They're pasturing mostly. Um, but they come running. I mean, the feed smells like French toast. It's incredible. It's oh. like whatever. It's like molassesy. I think. Have you tasted it? I haven't. I'll be honest. <laughs> what kind of farmer are you? I know, but it's crossed my mind. Um, and so you basically you walk into the hutch, which is just a little wooden building that you know has a fenced gate that we can close. It has all their troughs inside. So you walk in there, fill up the troughs. They all come running in. You close the gate behind them. Now you're in like a eight by eight square with these ten lambs. And there was two of us on Friday because I was learning how to do it. And there probably always will be because um, it helps to have either. Right now, one person can kind of stand over it and, and look in the eye and get the, you know, if they're small enough, not counting Big Mama. And the other person is doing the recording or the record keeping. And we just have, oops, a notebook um, in the hutch that we that we keep track of. They all have tag numbers on their ears. I was going to ask how you tell them apart. So, yeah, we there are, like, actually characteristics for a couple of them that really stand out. You know, one, obviously, one's massive. Right. <laughs> There's three with brown um, wool. And then there's one that has like a very noticeable black spot on its foot, and there's other things you could use. But mm. luckily this year they are all tagged. Um, previous years they haven't been before. So, um, and then basically the process is just this: you, you, 
are going to try and get them between your legs while you're standing. So, you know, you kind of close your legs on them. And what they want to do is they want to back up out of that situation. So what you usually do is try and get next to a wall and kind of step over it and kind of put your hands around like their chest or the, on the other side of their front legs and pull them towards you. And then their kind of butt is against the, the wall of the hutch. Your legs are on either side. Your hands are on their chest. And they usually kind of calm down. Um, and then quickly with your thumb, you kind of just like pull down their eyelid, like their lower eyelid. You don't have to touch their eye or anything and just look at the color. Um, there's a color scale, one through five. Um, one and two, it's pretty red. Like, it should be a very red color. Um, that's Is that good. good or bad? That's good. So okay. you want – it's bad if it looks really white. That means there's a loss of blood. You know, the they are anemic because of the parasite. So we basically rate them one, two, three is borderline treating. Um, something to keep an eye on. If it seems to be getting worse, you, we will treat them, which is – I haven't had to do yet, but it's basically a syringe with this medicine that you put in their mouth, um, shoot it down their throat, which will be fun when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like injecting them with anything at least, like yeah. we had to do with the pigs last year. And then four and five are dangerous. Four is like, it's a problem. Five is like, it could be fatal soon. Um, they've never had a five at the farm before. Um, they've had fours before that they've had to treat. Um, the thing too, Famacha or the parasite is a soil-borne um, parasite. It comes up out of the soil, walks up the grass. When they eat it, they, they ingest it. So the way to, you know, you could actually naturally solve this is I think they're going to start doing that here is rotating ruminants, which is essentially, you know, something that has, it eats grass, like a a cow is a ruminant, a sheep. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can rotate in pigs and chickens onto that pasture and give, essentially it's like crop rotation, giving the the pasture a break for the parasite to not have anywhere to manifest for that year and it'll die. And if you can bring lambs eventually back. So it won't go into a pig or a chicken? Nope. So this one won't. So, um, as our biggest issue, you know, that would be the, the thing to do next year would be to split the pasture in half, move the lambs to the other side, bring the pigs in. Then so did you have any threes or fours this time we around? We had no fours. We had one genuine three and a couple that we call like a, a. Oh, no. You froze. Max. Oh, no. And, and the chores as well. Oh, it's no. Just little... You froze for like that whole time. You said there was a poor network connection. Oh, no. So you said, oh, what I heard you say is there's no fours. There was one genuine okay. three and yep. maybe some that you call and that's where you paused. Oh, uh, twos and threes. So it's just like a borderline okay. ones to keep an eye on. Gotcha. Um, and the other thing that you do, and I said we do this every two weeks. So we'll pop back in again and look at them um, unless there's somebody that's that's you need to keep an eye on closer. Yeah. Um, but. They and the other thing you're doing when you're doing this routine check is you're just checking to make sure like how does everybody look? Is there someone that's not eating? Right. Is there someone that's laying laying down more, or not being around the others? That was the pig last Anybody year. Anybody have any yeah. weird lumps? No one has anyone have weird lumps. <laughs> or yeah, that was last year, right? We had the <laughs> or coughing. Is anyone coughing? Um, and there is this one. There's one little brown one that's coughing right now. Um, not a lot, but he did it while we were in there, and I'd heard it before, so we, we made note of it, and yeah. we're just gonna look you know look into it. Um, so they're they're fine. They're healthy. Definitely learning more about lambs. You know, it's just getting used to kind of like grosser stuff, like having to. We pulled ticks off of two of the faces of the lambs um, because ticks are really bad this year because we had a really mild winter. Um, so and luckily they can't get into their wool or anything because it's so thick. But their faces get ticks and that can carry disease as well. So you need to pluck those off, which is 
kind of gave me vibes of grandpa down in Kentucky yeah. with the dog. Grandpa is very good at picking ticks off dogs. Yeah. So I've, you know, I'm getting have you, less. Have you had any ticks on you? I've had two this year already. <gasps> Gross. But neither, neither were um, grossly embedded or anything. They oh, were they weren't crawling. attached? They were just walking Not around? Yet. Usually oh. it seems to take a little time. Usually why I discover them, it seems like right before I shower or something, I'll see one crawling on my like calf or something and cut it in half or I'll burn it or, you know, yeah. depending on how I'm feeling. Um, a vintage of you, your feeling. Yeah. So no, but I think I think this year's tick count will be quite high. One because I'm doing more livestock, and because it just seems bad this year. Yeah. Um. They've, they've been out since March, which is pretty gross. So, um. Anyways, there will be more uh, potentially interesting lamb updates as the crew is smaller, and I'm doing more with the lambs. Yep. Um, pigs are coming. I think in two weeks. Um. So we'll start getting things ready for them. So are you going to take a more active role with the pigs as well, like you are with the lambs? I think so. Yeah, I think I, I would like to. I mean, I actually, you know, my in terms of my future farm and things like that, I'm always thinking about, you know, what I want lambs, what I want pigs, and like mm-hmm. pigs. Definitely, I think if I was homesteading or like or having a small farm, I would be interested in having, you know, six to eight pigs like we have at the farm. Um, they're easy to care for. They eat anything. Mm-hmm. They're really good at clearing pasture. If you had a piece of forest, you wanted to to kind of clear out. Um, so I think, you know, it is not only is it like fun to just learn a new thing, but it is a thing I think that is, you know, I actually want to apply potentially to my future farm. So right. um, it's it's been good. So I definitely will become a bigger part of that. And I have no choice this year almost. I mean, right. <laughs> this is this is the crew that we're working with, um, which is, you know, it's been just an interesting juxtaposition to a nine person crew to a four person crew. But right. You know, it's but you you really like the people you work with, though, right? Yeah, so I like I mean, this. This is the same crew as last year, minus one person didn't come back. Um, so we all worked together last year. Nice. Two of them, the managers, have worked together for this is their fourth season. So everyone gets along really well. Everyone knows how the farm operates. Everyone knows the the procedures. So there's no real like sitting and thinking about. If we're sitting and thinking about a thing, it's a thing that we haven't you know had to do before, and we're all you know right. troubleshooting together. Um, so no, it's it's very it's how I like farming, which is I can peel off and do a task on my own, come back and check in and work with other people. There's very it's very free flowing, um, which is also just my manager's style here too. Cool. So, I'm trying to think if there's any other big updates in terms of the farm. I mean, the farm's 90% planted right now already. Um, nice. There's a, there's a few open beds. Are you guys planning anything different this year? Um, a little bit. So we. We're always trying to adjust for what the chefs want. You know, that means swapping mm-hmm. out tomato varieties that they didn't like. Or, you know, we grew watermelons last year that had a lot of seeds and that was just no good for them um, because they felt like with customers and patrons, they had to get the seeds out yeah. because someone's just going to choke on it or something. <laughs> and there's, and these, these watermelons, man, boy, so many seeds. They were just seed, seed filled. Um, <laughs> and so we're, you know, we adjusted to have a seedless variety this year and, you know, we are, still growing a lot of the same things, but they decided that a lot of our salad greens or head lettuce was too, we grew a little, a little head lettuce called little gem that was just too dirty for them. To, like it never came in super clean and they were buying local hydroponically grown head lettuce that comes in no dirt. Cause it was never grown in dirt and it's right. incredibly clean. Um, so we swapped out not doing any head lettuce this year. We're trying, a. A thing called Salanova, which is a variety that somebody bred at Cornell to essentially it looks like a head of lettuce. And then the way you cut it, it 
falls into a bunch of little leaves. Um, so you cut one head and you essentially end up with a pound of lettuce mix, essentially, instead of a head of lettuce. Hmm. Um, we've tried it before, but this year we've doubled down and that's like the only way we're doing lettuce and it's working. We changed up our washing and packing. We, you know, we introduced something called a bubbler, a greens bubbler, which is actually incredibly primitive, but it does a good job cleaning lettuce and, and cut greens. Basically you have a bin full of water, you submerge a PVC pipe circle square in there. It runs up to a, a blower that would almost be attached to like a, a jacuzzi or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you drill a bunch of holes in the PVC pipe and it just blows there bubbles and yeah. yeah, just agitates the water. But it knocks. Sounds relaxing. It is. You could, yeah, you could definitely sit inside it. And if it was warm water, it'd be incredibly pleasant. You can imagine it would feel good on your hands. Stick your hands in there. (laughs) Yeah. So usually the water is incredibly cold, though, which is the only problem. So we built one of those um, to start using for greens. And then we actually have a greens washer, which is essentially, I think I talked about this before, maybe, I don't know, in other farms I've been at. It's just a washing machine. um, Yeah, I think you talked about it. Essentially put one of the things you harvest into a lot of the time is these orange baskets and you you take that orange basket full of the wet greens and you drop it right into this washing machine and run it on a spin cycle and it just like a giant salad spinner will get it clean um, <laughs> or get it really dry um, keep some moisture in there and so that's really like streamlined the greens process which was a response to getting better clean salad greens for the restaurant um, you know we harvested 150 pounds of that lettuce mix last Wednesday or last Thursday. And I managed to wash, you know, all of that in 45 minutes to an hour. Wow. So compared to what it used to take and it's definitely coming out cleaner. And so little changes like that, but you know, different eggplant variety this year and, and things like that. So, um, but all in all, it's, it's, it's pretty much the same breakdown. We're but, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, but you know, at the same time, we're also, the restaurant is still operating in a different capacity than it used to. Right. So, it's too late to make a lot of the changes we've made. Um, you know, you pick your varieties, you buy your seed. Are they still pure carryout right now? Yeah, June 8th marks, I guess, what they're, what, phase two, as they're calling all these things. So phase two in Massachusetts will be June 8th, and they'll reassess then if restaurants can open to outdoor seating, which seems to be what the thing they're doing in Do New Hampshire. Do you guys Hampshire. have any outdoor seating? They're putting it in, so they bought oh, a bunch okay. of picnic tables. They've cleared space to do... Um, and then maybe there's a chance for 50%, 25%, 30% occupancy inside. Um, so they are, they seem very hopeful that things like that will happen. So it's, it's hard to say what will come of it. But for us, we're just, you know, we could always potentially sell more CSA shares if for some reason the restaurant industry seems to right. either, you know, get pulled back in, reined back into just takeout or things like that. So we're flexible. I mean, not without a lot of effort, but still flexible. Right. So. Yeah, that's kind of where, where the farm's at right now. And, cool. Uh, yeah. All right. It's a long, long update. It's a good update. What about you? What about you? Oh yeah, I, f- I forgot. I forgot. I had a question. Uh, were they? Was Gibbet affected by that windstorm that wrecked gaining ground? That windstorm? No. Um, they had high winds, but nothing was destroyed. Somehow the wind seemed to focus strictly. I mean, maybe I'm not. We're up on a hill here, um, but at gaining ground they're kind of in a field with no good tree coverage so that thank goodness did not destroy stuff here because i think it really would have done some damage but crazy enough and we also dodged this bullet two weeks ago i think i was telling the family we had a crazy thunderstorm here um it was cool it was actually kind of scary and we watched it roll in crazy lightning um classic you know maybe think of the the thunderstorms of 
at home sitting on the porch and feeling that first wind rush come in, you know, mm-hmm. that first, the front of the storm, um, that rolled in and the rain came in sideways, but less than two miles from here, there was a microburst, which I'd never really heard much about until this happened so close to us. But essentially it's like a, a tornado essentially touches down and every tree within this small section a mile down the road from us was knocked over. I mean, wow. just every it decimated. It looked, it looked insane. That would have um, screwed you guys big time if it had landed on the farm. Yeah, I imagine it would have destroyed both hoop houses, potentially the greenhouse. Um, Lambs flying through the air. (laughs) All the remay on our our crops that's protecting the crops from cold and things like that would have been thrown. You know, it would have been it would have been bad. Um, So we got lucky there, too. But, you know, a luck of the draw thing that it didn't it didn't hit us. So we've been pretty good with avoiding major damages this year. Uh, We had some cold damage on stuff here with the the weird cold night we had a couple weeks ago. and then, of course, the transition instantly into 90-degree heat. I think the plants are incredibly confused, and the pest pressure is, is very high. Um, there's certain pests that thrive off just hot weather. Mm-hmm. And for them to get a, a, a life cycle in, you know, starting mid-May versus June 1st, they're getting at plants that are at a smaller stage, which they like, versus coming in later when the plants are more established. So I think we'll find ourselves... Got any of them hornworms? Not yet. It's a little early for hornworms. The tomato plants are still pretty small, but hopefully you got those wasps around, those parasitic yeah, wasps. We had a huge um, population of those wasps last year, so we're hoping again that we do. Hornworms weren't a problem for us, which was awesome, but it seems like this year flea beetles will be a problem, cucumber beetles will be a problem, and Colorado potato beetles will be a problem. So mm-hmm. we have all those to look forward to. Um, but for now, things are things are growing fairly well. Um, nice. No major, no major issues yet. So, but that changes week to week. So, yeah, who knows what it could be? You know, there's parts around here that up north that were getting freezing temperatures this weekend. So, Ugh. yeah, it's been a tough. Uh, it's hard to to respond in both ways all the time. You know, eventually certain plants get too big to protect with any type of heat. Um, you know, your tomato plants become too big to put up a, a bucket over, which is what some people do in home gardens and stuff. Um, you just got to roll with it. So it's almost, you know, it's about to be June. Is it June? What's today's date? <laughs> it's, this is the last day of May. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, we should be in the clear for, for frost, but, well, you never know. And so we'll see. All right. Joy cool. of farming. What about you? What's uh, what's the craziness Buh. of the corporate world? Uh, man, my, my days are just the same over <laughs> and over. Me do they feel productive though? In I mean, front do you feel of my like computer, making, making good progress in the, with the clients you're working with, or do you feel like things have really slowed because of the coronavirus? That like, no, I mean my yeah. my project, you know, we're we're continuing along, still doing a bunch of stuff, still you know a range of doing like these half day sessions. I have a couple full day sessions next week. Um, the work. Yeah, the work is continuing as it would primarily, as it would if we weren't in the midst of coronavirus. We're just doing everything remotely instead of, I definitely would have been traveling in person to a lot of this stuff um, if it was a, a different time. But Do you think you'd have better results if you were doing this in person? Or does it feel like things are kind of getting good question. the same? Yeah, I like, mean, I think on a micro level, any sort of multi-hour experience is going to be better in person Mm -hmm. it's 
there's something about doing everything on Zoom that is really exhausting and it's hard to like keep focused that entire time and, and help other people stay focused. Whereas if you're in a room together, especially if some people had to travel that everybody, I think there's like an element of taking it more seriously because money was spent and people had mm-hmm. to, you know, get on a plane and we're here maybe in this different space that we can set up specifically for the task at hand, which you guys have fewer variables to play with when you're doing it all virtually and we're all just looking at our computers. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think I think good things are still happening. I think our client is still happy. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just every, it's just a bit of a Groundhog Day uh, scenario <laughs> at this point. I see you shaved your beard to try and at least show that you have control over something. <laughs> I shaved my beard because it's hot here. And okay. very humid, and it was making my face feel hot. And I was gonna leave the mustache, but in the effort of trying to get it even, it got too short, so I had to just cut it off. The mustache got too short. Did it get creepy? Well, it got, it got like I was trying to get the ed- both edges even, <laughs> and I would like take one up a little bit, which meant I had to take the other one up a little bit. And by the time yep. I got them even, it was too short. And yeah, like a little I, Hitler stash. I, going I, yeah, on I had to get rid of it. So we'll just start fresh. So yeah, I am particularly baby faced right now. I know you. You look young and spry over there. Mm-hmm, that's right. Emily says I look ten years younger when I when I shave off my beard. I don't know if it's like in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, I I very firmly know that I have a I have a baby face and I look like a giant baby when I cut off my beard. I have a beard shaped face, a mustache shaped face. It needs that this space needs to be filled in. But luckily, also I grow both of those things pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. it doesn't I'm help not when you too wait. worried. When you wear your beanie like that, either it's yeah. like how a it's like a little child would wear their beanie. Well, my hair is like ridiculously long right now, and it's really annoying. And I, I just need to like wear some sort of hat to keep it like off my face. Yeah, you look rough. <laughs> well, with what you just did, for those that obviously can't see at home, he has taken his hat off, and it's it's not it's not great. It's not it's not great. So, are your Zoom calls for work usually just audio? No, there's usually video. Okay. Just curious. Depending on the <laughs> audience, sometimes I'm just wearing this beanie, and mm-hmm. if it's like just my my colleagues or a couple of the clients who I like work with every day, and we're very casual with each other. Yeah. If I'm feeling, if I'm like on the phone, or if I'm on a call with like an SVP or something, sometimes I will either just take the hat off and try to make my hair look somewhat normal, or I'll put a little mm-hmm. bit of product in. Um, and maybe, maybe in extreme circumstances, put on a button on a button up shirt. I was gonna, I was gonna ask if maybe you just threw a tie on over your t shirt, kind of Jerry Springer style. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> maybe. I can't remember the last time I wore a tie. Luckily, uh, but I will throw on it's like a black button up shirt occasionally. Yeah. Do you own a tie? Doesn't really seem like I a, do. Maybe, I do own a tie. One staple tie that you have. That I you have use two for... ties, I think technically. And actually, but I didn't have a shirt that I could wear with a tie. Like I, none of my button-up shirts had a big enough neck for me to actually like button up and then have a tie there. Mm-hmm. So I just a couple of weeks ago bought a uh, a shirt that I could wear with a tie. You didn't think that was a sign that maybe your neck was getting too beefy? I know, <laughs> Max, because none of these shirts ever at any time okay, in their okay. existence fit around my neck. Okay. Uh, they also don't have long enough sleeves. All of my dress shirts, I always just roll up because my arms are too long. That Sperlin so, curse. Yep. Yeah. So the shirt I just bought was like custom made for my weird ass arms. 
<laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Um, sorry, we got went down that rabbit hole. We really kind of just talked about your appearance for a bit there. <laughs> Whatever, man. Um, it's fine. I, I am what I am. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Yeah. So, are there any other work updates? Otherwise, I want to jump to more of your your personal your personal uh, stuff. I don't. No, I don't think so. I mean, the client we're working with, it's looking like. They're going to try to keep people at home, I think, for probably through the end of the year as much as possible, except for folks in manufacturing centers who can't be at home. But the corporate folks that we do work with are mostly going to be at home, I think, through the end of the year. So that's, I think that's, I mean, that's good for like their health and safety and stuff, Mm -hmm. which also probably means I won't have to do much traveling um, the rest of this year. I'm I'm wrestling with what I want to do with my office that I mm. so um intelligently set up right <laughs> right before all of this went down and I haven't been in there in a month and yet the, my company is still paying for that office. I got to decide yeah. if I want to keep it around and actually hopefully start using it at some point maybe in June or if I should just cut my losses and take all the stuff that I took there <laughs> back home. Yeah. <laughs> Which I would think... be a huge bummer and pain in the ass. Because it was like multiple trips to like, I had yeah. like a bunch of books in there and all my workshop materials, like 50 little pots of uh, Play-Doh. Uh, that's just I'm, for you, right? That's for personal use? Yeah, that's just for my own personal use. <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously I've, I've brought my computer home and my monitor that I'm looking at right now. So I, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know where, I mean, you seem to like your, your home office, but I feel like if, if you knew this was going to be... You know, your main client is going to be virtual for the rest of the year. That having that space that you could at least just leave the house yeah. and get to. I mean, putting on a mask and walking or riding the metro or doing some way to get there. I and, could drive and there. Just, yeah, and yeah. just being separate from the home and might be the, a helpful thing. And that's thing. the thing. Like, I have a car, a brand new car, which we also <laughs> bought right before all of this, which we've talked about, that yep. never gets driven. But it's parked below my building. I could get into it, interact with nobody drive to the complex where my office is, park in their basement garage, take mm-hmm. an elevator directly to my floor, and then there's a bunch of different offices on this floor, obviously, but my office happens to be within sight distance of the elevator. Like, okay. I, 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 yeah. I fob myself in, I walk two doors down, and my personal office that nobody has been into is right there, and I could unlock it, go in there, close the door, and, like, work there, and do yeah. the same thing to come home. So I may start doing that. Any public surfaces? I don't really, especially (laughs) if I'm wearing gloves. But like the only thing I have to touch is like the elevators and my, and even the fob though is wireless, so just the door to get in there. Mm -hmm. So I may start doing that at some point. So yeah, Yeah. I think it'd be nice to maybe like get out of my office and then. But then there are days where like my home office that you are seeing me in right now has incredible windows. Like I got mm-hmm. big windows right in front of me, which get which face south, so get awesome sunlight. Window right over there. It's really big. I've got like a little, uh, like a lazy boy over there to sit in and read. I got plants all around me. Uh, and then my office in this building is an interior office, so no windows. Uh, it's pretty small. And there, I have no plants in there right now. It's just like a little like work dungeon. So yeah. part of me is like, why would I go spend time in my work dungeon if I That's have true. this really nice office? The answer, though, and Emily's not going to like this, is that Emily's not at my office. Yeah. And she's well, working true. from yeah. home. <laughs> and I feel like your distractions are, are definitely higher at home. And just, you know, we're both trying to do our jobs virtually, which means we're both on phone calls. Mm. And we can't both be on a call at the same time in this office because 
I have a really good mic and it clearly picks up her voice if she's trying to have a conversation and vice versa. So, yeah, I think maybe part of my decision on the office will be when does she go back to her office? If she's going to continue working from home for a long period of time, then maybe I try to find maybe I maybe I go into my office a little bit more frequently. Or maybe she goes into your office. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I mean, the thing that kind of sucks is that I, you know, I bought the whole idea was the of the office was put all of my work stuff in the office and only do work stuff in that office. So to that end, when I was figuring out what my what I wanted my computing situation to be, I was like, let's get something pretty permanent. Like, let's not get a laptop because I'm not going to be carrying a it back and forth. Desktop. So what I got, I mean, I got a Mac Mini, so it's, that's not big, but it's not portable and it requires a monitor, which is por- which is heavy and a pain in the ass to move. So once I move things back into the office, I don't want to be committing. going back and forth. Yeah, I'm kind right. of committing. So I either need to like commit and put the Mac Mini back in my office, or I need to like go buy like a used MacBook Air and make that my primary computer, or just figure out if I can just go pure iPad and take it back and forth. But then at that point, like, I don't know. It's all. It's more like you're just driving for no reason. Yeah, I'm just driving to go sit in a less pleasant location for no reason. It's like a form of punishment. Which honestly, I think some days maybe I need to like be (laughs) in a work dungeon with no distractions, just like white walls around me and just Mm -hmm. focus on my thing. Like there's no refrigerator to go hang out at or anything like that. Is that that something you find happening a lot? At home? Just going hanging out. Refrigerator hangouts? I mean, we all know that human brains are weird and that we do nonsensical things. And I know I'm not alone in that I can go and open the refrigerator just to take a look, knowing full well that there's nothing in there that I actually want and that nothing has changed since the last, like, three hours when I last time I went and looked at it. But still, you know, that's a thing that could sometimes I find myself doing. You're just hoping you discover that little thing that was hidden behind something else. Yeah, like, oh, like, it's oh, in here. I or... forgot that I have my favorite food just sitting right here. It just appeared somehow. Or it's like a Sims fridge where food just appeared. Just appear in those fridges. You could yeah. buy food via the fridge. You yeah, could just open it, it, and it would be, you know, what exactly. you needed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe... I think you know things are going all right. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, things are pretty okay. Um, well, here we are at, <clears throat> believe it or not, because we didn't record enough time during this month almost the end of your month of read yeah we need to do is some form of uh recap on your i know we're getting near the end of the episode it, here, this can be quick anyway because it ended up being a very not there wasn't much that changed in my month of read so the initial idea was just read a lot but actually try to like record how much time i spend reading i within like the first two weeks realized that that makes me miserable and is the worst and i read in like weird little pockets throughout the day and trying to keep yeah. track of that was just a great way to make me not want to read. So I stopped yeah. tracking that. I was going to say, you know what? I'm proud of you because as a man who really loves his statistics, I'm glad you didn't ruin a thing you love <laughs> just to try and get more data. Like yeah. I, I could see people who are really interested in data but also love reading, like ruining the reading experience for themselves just to know how they're doing. Yeah, totally. Which is kind of a catch-22. So, so I stopped doing that, and I still just kept trying to read as much as I could, um, have – I think maybe read a little bit more than usual this actually definitely definitely what the main thing that I think where I've picked up more reading time is that I have not remember when I did the month of write and I was writing from like 6 to 7:30 every morning mm-hmm. I've basically converted that back into reading time uh so I think I've probably averaged at least an hour and a half of reading every day in in it's pretty May. it's pretty hefty yeah it's been it's been good 
Um, and I don't and know now, what I'm going to do in June yet, but got to figure that it was, out. It was probably nice to also, I mean, not that these are like crazy intense experiments, but just to have a month where it's like, hey, you know, the world's pretty insane right now and you're working a lot. And like, what if my thing I do is just read, which I like doing? Yeah. Like, it's not. Well, and that's yeah. actually kind of the path that I'm thinking about for June. So I, had, I went back to my original article for my yearly theme and it was yeah. something like simplicity slash intensity. Yeah. And I feel like these focus months have really been on the intensity side of, mm-hmm. of things, like picking one thing and really focusing on it. So I'm thinking for June, I'm going to do something that is just like simplicity, space, like chilling on various stuff. And I think that may be something like relaxing all data type collection and intense trying of d- trying to do a specific habit and just like give myself a a break is yeah. the current thought. Probably not a bad idea. <laughs> probably not, honestly. Probably not. But I've done some good reading uh, this month. I don't know if we talked about it, but I read Barbarian Days, which I know you've read. I was going to say, now you, you are learning to surf. Oh, my book. God, dude. Like, for, let's just – let me put this on the table. If sharks weren't a thing, I would <laughs> build my life around figuring out how to go live near a beach and learning how to surf. It does seem wonderful, doesn't it? I'm surprised how little he wrote about sharks in that book. Yeah. Do surfers really just not care about that? Sharks. <laughs> There's like one anecdote about sharks, and that was like basically it. Maybe how are surfers surf not thinking about that all man. the time? Maybe that's the surf experience is that sharks are less of an issue than most people I mean, people I think. know statistically, like, chance it's, it's very, very minor chance that you're going to get bit by mm-hmm. a shark especially depending on like where you are maybe if you're like surfing like off of like south africa where like great whites hang out for vacation mm-hmm. like that's not a good place for you to be but yeah i don't know uh, but surfing seems great i loved how he wrote about it the book was just really yeah. well done i thought i would say if anyone's ever looking for just like i picked it up i bought it randomly at a ann arbor bookstore a couple years ago just thinking like oh this this looks mildly interesting and found myself entirely enveloped in the world of of surfing this guy's life just living on beaches and yeah. the way he writes he about went on like a multi-year is... trip like yeah. in his what late 20s to just mm-hmm. surf like these really obscure places and just and just the way he writes i thought maybe like i felt like i knew so much about surfing by the end of the book and not in a way that was like boring sometimes you know we talk about this with the michael poland book you read he gets a little in the weeds of architecture to a point where i don't care and i thought maybe that would happen with surfing but he this uh, Finnegan, right? Is his yeah, last name or something like yeah, that? Yeah, William Finnegan. He, he wrote about it in a way that was like, yeah, talk about all these weird foot things and riding the different parts of the wave. Like, I'm so into it. That's a <laughs> great sure example, why. actually, about contrasting those two books. So if Pol- so the, the sections of Poland's book where he was talking about the actual experience of building things and the things that he was mm-hmm. wrestling with and like learning along the way is like all of what the barbarian days book was. So if he had done more of that, that those books would have been a lot more similar. And I think I would have liked it a lot more. Like Finnegan does very little talking about like the history, a little bit, but like the history of surfing or like the various like schools of thought and much more like talking about his own actual lived experience while doing this thing and what he was thinking and feeling about. Because I think a good example of that in the Michael Pollan book, which is a place of my own, which I don't think we ever talked about it on here, but um, it's, it's still an interesting read. I gave it a three he, stars, yeah. which yeah. is my most common uh, rating for a book, which basically means, glad I read it, I'm probably never going to reread it. 
Yeah, which I totally understand, and I felt kind of the same way. But there's a section where he talked about how they essentially miss they mainly did an angle or something wrong and screwed themselves essentially for the rest of the building for the project, rest of the project they had to like make I a bunch was, of like, modifications and yeah and the, and he does get into the weeds and the details a little bit about that but like the way that it was related to the human error and his his experience never building before and just having to accept that like this was no longer a square building i thought was yeah. very interesting and then you know if more of the book was on that it was on that like it just made it very human because it was yeah. like yeah exactly you're building a building and, you know, something yeah. went wrong. And I also really liked in that book the ongoing relationship between the architect and the, mm-hmm. his construction buddy. Yeah, uh, Joe. Be, like how they are like at odds with each other and how people who do construction have like very little respect for architects and vice versa. Yeah. Like, that was interesting and something I ha- I, I'm sure people who are in that world know very well. But like I didn't even really think about that. But I could totally see why, why that tense relationship uh, exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was super fascinating, and I I'm glad I bought it because actually there's my coworker is very interested in that kind of stuff, so I gifted the book, passed the book on, nice. which seems like the way to to treat that yeah, you know, a treat a book that you don't plan on rereading. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, right, well, so yeah, we other than that, I read. I also um, finished book two of the Hyperion. Actually, no, I finished that earlier. I so I started book three of the Hyperion Canto series, which is this sci-fi book. Um, and um, I'm working through a couple other things, but I haven't finished them yet. Maybe we should tell people to not that I don't know how people use Goodreads. I always I always pump Goodreads as things people should be using. If you are ever interested in like finding new books or what I mean, you read a lot, and so like what you're reading for whether it be work or for entertainment, it's always interesting. Or I for have me such following. a love hate relationship with Goodreads. It depends on how I use it. I think for me, it's really good for inventorying. Yeah. What do I potentially – when someone recommended a book and said, hey, you should maybe read this. I think you'd like it. I'll throw it into my Goodreads want to read yeah. shelf and then I'll be yep. at a bookstore, used bookstore in a lull and want to buy something and just like look through my want to read and see if anything like jumps out to me. Yeah. And I think it's great for that. I think I have a bad time reading when I gamify it to the point where I'm updating it too much where like – it can oh, yeah. turn I never update it except for when I finish yeah. a book. My Same. my love hate is just around. I think it's one of the fuggliest websites I've ever seen. It's the yeah, it's, it's like it astounds me that Amazon owns it because it is well. I guess Amazon's not the most uh, design uh, yeah. it, most well designed website in the world either. But Goodreads is just remarkably like I feel like I'm looking at a website from like 2003. Oh, you froze. You froze. But now you're back. Now we both froze. Oh, we froze together. We got some bad, <laughs> some bad internet weather today. Um, speaking ghost. of Goodreads, want to read shelf? Maybe we can just tease this for next time. But part of my uh, hard reset thing I was doing, I wiped mm. out my entire want to read shelf, which Ooh. was like 350 books. Did that uh, feel like you were losing things that might be important? Feels fresh. Feels. <laughs> I, I I went through and I deleted anything in my life that had a backlog. I deleted it. Get that out of here. I don't need. I don't need that pressure anymore. I'll start fresh. So like my instant paper backlog. Uh, oh yeah. My uh, so Goodreads. I have a, another place where I keep track of like TV that I think I might want to watch, movies that I think I might want to watch. I killed it all. It's all gone. I'm living in the moment. Um, what else? I unfollowed everyone on Twitter. I That's have. New. That's not I new. have my. I know I do that periodically. But a new thing I'm doing on Twitter, every month, all of my tweets auto-delete. Uh, 
and <laughs> it's like you never existed. <laughs> basically, not on Instagram anymore. Deleted my account. Yeah. Facebook have been off for a long time. Hey, I did a very like short. A... Go ahead. Oh, so you're almost like, you know, like a thorough off the grid kind of person. Except you <laughs> live digitally. in an apartment in a city. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And in my the article that I wrote about this, I kind of made the point, like, I'm not trying to be some sort of like modern digital, like uh, ascetic monk. Um, and I'm pretty sure living in an expensive apartment in D.C. like le- doesn't let me have that sort of street cred anyway. Yeah. As I'm talking to my nice mic in my Apple computer and yeah. But anyway, it's been nice. I, and I think maybe the continuation of that, which is really kind of like a digital minimalism thing, which I think we've talked about, Cal Newport's book. Um, I think that might be the crux of what I do in June. Mm-hmm. I'll be good, though. Yeah, that's nice. Well, we have some other things we can touch on eventually. I, I, wanted, I put one word on here, which was routine, which is just like I've – I don't know where where this comes from because every year I seem to try it and, and start new routines for whether it be – fitness, writing, who knows, you know, different things. Um, but recently, you know, so many times I've tried to journal every day or things like that and just had to, you know, fall apart because I either went into it with the wrong intention or didn't come up with a plan of how to do it. Um, but recently, as of like 10 days ago, I've been on a fairly consistent nightly routine of, I take a walk around the farm at 7.30, which is golden hour on the farm, which is the prettiest time of night. Nice. Um, it's been really quiet here because the restaurant's pretty closed at that point, and there's not a lot of people in the parking lot. Doesn't golden hour – won't that change as the days get longer? Yeah, so it's slowly shifting back to like, you know, eventually it'll be around more on like 8.15 and things like that. So I take that walk, and then I come back. I usually take I usually take a beer with me and walk around the farm. It's been like 20 minutes walking around the farm, and then I'll come back and sit down and just write a journal entry for the day. Wow. And what I've taken to doing is become – Kind of what you recommended and things you said where you find almost the most interesting journal entries for yourself when you go back and read them are just like, what did you do today? Like, yeah. you know, what did we do on the farm? Did I do anything personal? Did something dawn on me today? Write it down. Don't try and be, I don't know, philosophical, smart. Yeah. Any interesting thought. Like, don't even like, I don't know, I don't spend much time. They're all maybe less than half a page of a little like, you know, no, Shinola notebook. And I've enjoyed it a lot because I just write, you know. Well, for one, it's fun to look back and be like, what did we do May 18th last year? Oh, we yeah. were planting tomatoes. Gosh, that seems so late or that seems so earlier. Yeah. You know, I forgot it was 95 degrees in the middle of May. So I've just – I'm 10 days in, a couple of days I missed where I wrote two entries together. But it's been like very enjoyable, which is surprising because I've tried this so many times. This notebook started in 2015 that <laughs> I'm writing in. Nice. And there's just, there's just little bits. Like the first entry in the front of this book is from actually 2016. And then like 20 pages later, it's like 2017 because I'm not writing enough or I'm not doing – you know, I always do this thing where I start and stop, start and stop. Um, and for the first time ever, it's it's semi-consistent. Um, That's cool. But we can talk more about that because I think I've had a lot of, I don't know, patterns that are coming up. And, and just a lot more of my, my brain space has been spent thinking about how it will this affect my future farm basically, you know. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of future farm thinking even though I don't have any plans to buy or start a farm right now, but yeah. it's been really on my mind um as I work and, and as I journal. So we can we can definitely unpack that a little bit more. Um but cool. Was, it was it was a it was a win because it's been a long time since I've journaled successfully. Um and it feels pretty good. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Like I love I, I do mine digitally because I have this app called Day One that I like. Mm-hmm. Um and while I'm not currently doing a good job of journaling, I have certainly done a good job in the past. Like today, May 31st, on this day, I have, I have entries from three years ago, 
six year, or five years ago, six wow. years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago, and nine years ago. You want to give us a tidbit of your one? I don't know. I mean, there's some there's some long ones here. So three years ago, I did morning pages, which is just a stream of consciousness for like half an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to read everything there. Five years ago, I don't know. It looks like I'm struggling with some feeling of like not being productive. Imagine that. Six half, years ago, yeah. though. Oh, because I've integrated my my old Instagram account to this. Six years ago, I posted a photo that says, yep, back in the Midwest, and it is we must have had like a family party because we have two coolers sitting on the ground outside and one says pop and the other one says diet pop. Yep. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure that struck me as interesting because I had been in California that whole time yeah. and nobody calls it pop. Yeah, exactly. And then seven years ago, I don't know. It looks like I'm talking about some TEDx stuff that I had to do some work on eight years ago. Uh, I was apparently working at Starbucks, getting some stuff done. Oh, I was like, you worked at Starbucks, no. but you were trying to write answer. write my June newsletter and brainstorm and draft my next article. And then nine years ago, I was pumped that I had woken up two days in a row at six a.m. Uh, and then I was oh, apparently I started the one hundred push up challenge yesterday. <laughs> I don't think I took that to completion. That didn't last long. Huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. interesting. Can we so. just say that all of those sound like they could have been written the past month? Well, that's like, my main insight about my yeah. journaling is that <laughs> I have been thinking about and wrestling with the kind of same types of questions basically my entire life, I feel like, at this point. And I don't know if that means, on the one hand, if I'm being kind to myself, like I have, like, I kind of know what I find interesting and I've been wrestling with it from like different angles for a long time. Or if I'm being unkind to myself, I have learned nothing. And I'm the exact same person that I was nine years ago. Yeah. I think you should probably take the kind approach. Probably. (laughs) Even if it's not true, it's a little bit better for you. Yeah, a little bit. Um, All right. Well, I think we should probably call it a day. We can call it a day. It was a good episode back. I think we have the potential to really get back in this weekly weekly schedule thing. As long as we don't have any more technical snafus, uh, I think we can make it happen. All right. Sounds good, man. (coughs) Good. Yep, that's a good moment with ended on. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Didn't mean to blow out your eardrums. Thanks for listening. This has been Fields of Work. I've been Sam. I've been Max. All right. See you next time.